Hello and welcome to the Dogs of Henley podcast. For those of you joining us for the very first time, it's great to have you here. And for our returning listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. It means the world and it's wonderful to have you back again. This podcast is dedicated to all things dog. We will be having an ongoing discussion about the wonderful, wonderful world of dogs and everything it has to offer. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello, James here. We are doing another interview this evening. This is something I'm actually really looking forward to. It's a brilliant member of our community in Henley-on-Thames, someone who I follow on Instagram, a big-time dog lover, although we're going to hear about how that was something that she came to a little bit later in life, and it was definitely uh, something that she was initially reluctant about, but we'll hear all about that in the interview. Really looking forward to chatting to her. So let's welcome Narelle. Hi, James. How are you? Very good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk all things dog. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, it's, it's really cool to have you on. Thanks for doing this with me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to chat to you. So before we go into obviously talking about dogs, you, you will have heard our podcast. You know that um, we always start with introducing who it is that I'm speaking to, just so people can get a little bit of a background um, about you and a bit of a flavor for what you do. And I think it kind of helps people to build a picture about, uh, you know, who's talking. So if you want to introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what you do. And then we'll go on to talking about dogs. Excellent. Well, I'm Narelle. I'm Australian. You might be able to tell that from my accent. I've been in the UK for 22 years, so really a second home. Um, anyway, so I am, I guess you could sum me up as a master home simplifier, organizer, decluttering service kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so I provide a consultancy service where I help people live with less, be more present in their lives, recognize what they have, what they use, what they enjoy and what they need. So I'm really passionate about regeneration in our whole world, a massive advocate, you know, for everyone con- consciously consuming, minimizing waste and their resources. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, I think that, uh, as I say, you know, I follow you on Insta um, and I, I really enjoy watching your stories and, and all of your posts about how you can, you know, minimize stuff in your home and you can resell things that you no longer need or your advice for how to repurpose things is brilliant as well. Uh, and I think it's Thank a really you. important, I think it's a really important topic. You're, you're so right, you know, how we, we need to try. And uh, I think we all have so much stuff in our homes that <laughs> we definitely don't. <laughs> We definitely don't use to to I either don't use a tool or it just sort of builds up, doesn't it? So um yeah. one hundred percent. Yeah, that must be that must be really that must be a really interesting line of work at the moment with with I imagine people's houses are full of stuff and you must be uh, yeah. super busy constantly speaking yeah. to people. Well, it is constant and I do in home and virtual. The virtual's been really handy actually over lockdown because again, it's one of those things looking at sustainable plans in how someone can embrace it into their lives take the principles and move forward because everyone's boundary of personal lives are very different. Everyone's volume, everyone's connection and emotions that are attached to belongings, such a personal journey. So it's just tapping into that and helping people, yeah, just live live life with less ultimately. Well, absolutely. And, and thank you for doing that. Thank you for introducing who it is you are and, and what you do. As I say, it's really nice for other people to, to to hear about who they're who they're listening to. I've had such a range of people come on here and, and do these interviews. It's really fun. And everybody has their own outlook on things and, and their own take on the, the dog world. So let's get straight onto that because this is what this is all about. Obviously, we're here to chat about dogs. Before we go into your dog, though, 
you'll know from the podcast, obviously, we always ask the same question to start with. What do you love about dogs? Oh, well, I can say they've definitely grown on me. That's for sure. When I first got a dog, everyone was quite surprised I was even getting a dog. They are phenomenally calming. I think the adoration, unconditional love that you get from dogs is more than I could have ever expected, actually. Um, my dog in particular is like a companion. So that level of companionship that a dog gives you has blown me away. Um, yeah, it's been really nice. Like, again, they connect family, connect people. People stop in the street. They stop and chat to you. And it just kind of brings you down to, again, this really kind of simple way of living. And I don't know if you saw a post I put up earlier today, actually, which was one of the things that got I me did. into wanting a dog. But again, this whole there are so many beautiful things that we can learn from dogs in terms of slowing down our kindness, our compassion. Yeah, just really gentle. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like that post, actually, the one that you put up on uh, on Coco's Instagram page. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah Very yeah, yeah. sweet. So, yeah, I, I, I really like that. And I, I remember seeing that a little while back and thinking to myself, you know, you see these posts and you think, ah, oh, you know, this is, you know, sometimes it's just nonsense, isn't it? You know, you see these kind of really obvious things that people put up or, you know, but that post, when I first saw it, like as in that story, when I first saw it a few years ago, I thought to myself, mm. I really, really like that. And that's, uh, that's the one about the vet, the, the, do- the, the kid in a vet center, isn't it? Saying how yeah. dogs just do not need as long on earth as humans do because they come into this world knowing how to enjoy their lives, knowing how to love, and they don't need to be taught anything whereas humans have to learn it all. That's a really, really nice, that's a really nice little story, that one. So It's a beautiful post. And I I put it up again today, actually, just again, because it was quite a reminder all the way back, sort of February 2019, when I was on my uh, my dog discovery. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, so no, just resonated, which was really, really nice. Love that. So talk to us about Coco, your dog. Okay, so Coco is a cabapoo. She's two and a half years old. Um, She's adorable, I think, is probably the best way I would sum her up. A little total fluffball, except if she's just recently been scalped by the groomers because I have not been paying enough attention to her grooming. Um, She is, or you met her very, very briefly, sodden yesterday, Uh, didn't you? She was still cute. (laughs) She, You know, you were were like, oh, she looks... She doesn't look as cute as usual because she's all wet from the walk. And I was like, she's super cute. Like, I don't, I don't she know. is <laughs> totally cute. My word, the to- most affectionate, loving dog, which I think by nature is a breed of a cavapoo. Yeah. Uh, but exceptionally social, except exceptionally friendly. I mean, she is a town dog. She is walked up and down into town. She's exceptionally active and loves meeting people. Yeah, she meets nice. people, uh, you know, as she licked you, like yeah. she knows you she loves you she just has this beautiful affinity with people she's a really she's a really sweet dog and that was it was so nice when I when I popped my head in yesterday and I met her for the first time because obviously as I say like I follow you on Insta I've seen posts about her I see you guys all the time walking around town and <laughs> I've never actually I've never actually had the chance to just stop and actually say hello because I'm always either driving or in an absolute rush and then she came out to me at the door yesterday and it was like she already knew me it was really cute she's such a nice dog yeah, lovely dog. And no barking from her either, which was also a bonus. Yeah, she's good with strangers. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, it's they are they're such lovely dogs, you know. Cavapoos, they're they're that you know, Cavapoos are a really nice breed. Um, and they're so popular now, you know, they're they're so popular. On that note, actually, um with with you know, with having yourself having having a cavapoo and and knowing how popular they are, mm-hmm. what you know, 
for somebody else looking to get specifically a Cavapoo, what have you learned about her and about the breed in general that you might pass on to somebody else? Okay, so for her breed, be prepared for grooming and maintenance. I think that is one thing if you have not researched the breed, that may come as a shock to you if you haven't already gone down that route. When we were looking at getting a dog, um, you know, I'm obviously a a little bit organized. And I had a massive Excel spreadsheet of everything that it was going to cost me. That financial commitment to start with, knowing what the grooming was going to be like, how regularly I needed to do it. And um, yeah, so that was sort of at the forefront of mine because it is a trickier breed, I guess, when you look at puppies like that, because by nature, they need regular brushing because otherwise they're fur mats which is very uncomfortable for them. And you do unfortunately see a lot of cavapoos where people love that real teddy bear shaggy look, but unfortunately it's not great for the dog. So it's a hard thing, isn't it? Because I think, again, it's the coats, the colours, the size can be so variable on the particular breed because, again, depending on which mix of cavalier, which mix of poodle that you actually get, you don't know how wiry or how coarse or how soft their fur is actually going to be. So that's that's a really, you know, I think an important one to look at. I think with any puppies right now, obviously when we got her, the puppy farming was relatively rife on that particular breed. So anyone looking to get them, do a lot of research into your breeders, check that they are all legit. She's got the benefit of you know all her good things are it's she's a low shedding dog there is no drooling that goes on so therefore the risk of the hyperallergenic content is obviously lower you can't be 100% guaranteed it's not going to be a dog that doesn't have allergies you know allergy type problems does that make sense I'm trying to think of what's the way to describe that you know but you have to hope that it is they are totally affectionate and adoring so that is one thing that's great they require a good level of activity. They love exploring. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. they're they're they're, re- they're they are they they really do. And I've got I'll, I'll say to that to that point exactly. I've got Coco's sister, as you know, who comes yeah. to us for daycare, and she is one of the most energetic dogs on a walk. She will just go here, there, and everywhere. It's like every walk for her is this mission that she's on. You know. Mm. Um, totally. They are constantly inquisitive, which actually I love about the breed. And I think naturally they are very social, social with other animals like sized, social with bigger dogs. But weirdly, this breed has a kind of, um, I don't know whether it's a protective nature. They're very good at spotting their kind, but they're sometimes a bit funny with bigger dogs, but in general, good but a little bit protective sometimes. So, you know, that crosses over. They're not a yappy breed that I've found so far, which is good. They do bark, don't get me wrong, but they it's not a yap, which is perfect. But, yeah, I think yeah. generally they're a really healthy breed, aren't they? I mean, they do have a tendency to do lots of licking, I found across the board, everyone says. Occasionally they get skin allergies. You know, they get the little bit of weeping eye type things where they get the staining around their eyes. That's sort of more coming from the poodle side. But... Yep. No, generally, I think they're really good. And I think the other thing is, is although they are dogs that are really emotionally connected, they do need to have time alone. And I think post-COVID, you know, people that have perhaps got new puppies haven't unfortunately been able to get their dogs into that training of, 
not having so much separation anxiety compared to what a normal day would be. But obviously, you know, we had her pre-COVID, so she's been very well trained at having time alone every single day. Yeah, I think this is something that we're we're hearing a lot about in the in the dog industry is there there are going to be a lot of problems as people emerge from their you know isolation due to COVID and dogs are struggling with that anxiety, particularly the ones that haven't had any experience of anything different. So yeah, like you say, you've had you've had Coco since before the pandemic, and that's that's obviously helped her massively. Um mm. going back going back to what you just said about the breed, I think you you hit so many great points there, actually, Narelle. Um Number one, yeah, that was a really, really good point about doing an Excel spreadsheet and understanding your costs and what it's going to actually take to manage and have a dog because it's something that people don't think anything about. And I I don't blame them. You just see a cute puppy, you think, I've got to have it, you know, but there's so much to think about. And yes, with Cavapoos, there's there's a heck of a lot of maintenance, but the, in terms of grooming, but the, Mm. the, the, the plus side of that is when they're groomed, they look adorable. (laughs) <laughs> they, they look totally absolutely do. adorable like they are so sweet cute. yeah they so, just have that butter wouldn't melt in my eyes that brown chocolate deliciousness that they yeah they melt your heart that's it absolutely they're, they're lovely and they and they look really sweet because of it and so that that's a really really good point and yeah they are very adventurous when they're out and about but they also immensely affectionate when they're around like when i we've got a lot of cavapoos that come to us they're so popular at the moment you know cavapoos and cockapoos um Mm -hmm. but but cavapoos i noticed that they will always always want to go for they want to have a cuddle first before anything else happens so if i go and pick up a, a cavapoo from somebody's house it's always like jump into my arms have a quick cuddle before we do anything else you know they're not they have to get that out of the way it's like first thing on their list so they're immensely affectionate they're lovely dogs Absolutely. No, they are phenomenal. And I think, you know, just touching back on that grooming, one of, I would say, my tips to any sort of new puppy owner, regardless of whether the breed is, and I was really lucky that my mum was here, she had poodles when I was younger, that was really just to get them used to being handled, playing with their paws, playing with their ears, having someone touch them. You know, because when it comes to all dogs, ultimately, not all decide to have their nails get clipped depending on how much walking they're doing but a lot of dogs I find generally are a bit don't touch me especially when it comes with ears and their paw uh, their what are they called their ears and their toenails you could totally see I'm not really a dog person oh my god <laughs> you were you were doing so well until that point and now you've just let it slip that's it it's happened we, we, you've the been out it the groomers do it for me. Hello. That's yeah, why, like on I my know, list, I it know. was everything, insurance, food, vaccinations, checkups, you know, dog walkers, dog sitters, all of that. Like, how was I going to cope? <laughs> Manicure, pedicure at the bottom there with its own section because you've got to look after the dog's toenails, apparently. Um, it's just far more primped than I am. <laughs> I love that. We, I think we do. I think as a rule now, as dog owners, we put way more into our dogs than we ever do into ourselves, you know, so, but but why not? They really appreciate it. So it's all good. Um, I, I but I, that's a it's really good that you it's a really good thing to have done to have got yourself a spreadsheet and to understood what your costs would be and 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 that's that's such an important thing that I think anybody could take from what we're talking about right here it's a really good little tip now in terms of you then because you've said it there and you've and you've said it before we did the interview as well you were kind of a reluctant dog parent is that right Absolutely. Absolutely. They were not on my radar at all until probably about four years ago when I stopped working full time. 
And um, it was a combination of I had one kid, my son, who's the older one, who was always desperate to get a dog. My daughter actually has been quite fearful of dogs, probably since she was little. And that's something I'm actually very mindful about now, especially when I've got Coco, because she does, again, love to say hello to people. And their first instinct is... (gasps) look at me. And it's not a small dog syndrome type thing, but she will get up on her hind legs and want the attention. We do try and train her to not jump up. And again, I am able to suss out now which which people, say for instance, with you, run straight to you, on you, whereas she will sit with kids. And I'm very good at managing other people who want to pat her in terms of how about we just start at the back, more just to get them in the tune of Coco is friendly, but not all dogs are used to small children at the same height of them. Um, so anyway, we just went a bit off piece there, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's actually a really good point. That's a really good point because um, you're, you're so right. You know, people are, one, dogs are not necessarily used to being around kids and it can, and and similarly, people can sometimes be quite frightened and it's like, let's start this off. And like you say, you get, you know, she sits down, right? Around the, around a yeah. kid. That's a really good thing. You know, like, like you say, I come to your house, I knock on the door, Coco leaps into my arms. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. She can literally hang off my head. It doesn't matter at all. I'm so used to it, right? But when it's somebody else's kids or your own kids or a family member's kids or whatever it might be, yeah, you have to be quite careful. Even with a cute, fluffy dog like Coco, there's always got to, you've always got to think about that. So I think you're, it's brilliant that you've been so aware of that as well. 100%. I was bitten many years ago. I was doing a paper round as a teenager. And probably it's been in the back of my mind about that because I did go off dogs for quite a while. I mean, I grew up with outdoor dogs. I lived in Papua New Guinea and so dogs were outdoor dogs. We had Weimaranas, a Rottweiler Doberman. My dad then went on to have some sort of mutt type dogs. My mum, on the other hand, she lived in Australia and she had poodles, so complete extreme. So I've never really understood that devotion to pets until I had one of my own. And I know that's, again, a weird thing to say, and that's where where you look in. You're like, all right, it's your dog. Don't really get your fascination or your adoration of it. And, yeah, so that's been a really interesting change of mindset that I had prior to looking at dogs. And so, yeah, yeah, we're just, yeah, just different. I I think that. I think you're, you're you're absolutely right with regards to you're looking at other people and you think you don't kind of understand necessarily that connection with why they have that sort of adoration for their for their dog as kind of that family member if you haven't experienced that or if you have or if you come from I mean that's really interesting I didn't know that you lived in Papua New Guinea that's amazing <laughs> yeah different that, what an experience that must have been yeah totally I was there till I was thirteen so yeah pr- yeah just exceptionally different you know you can't compare I didn't know any different so you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, different. And, and, yeah, and just it's, different. It's, and dog and dogs lived outside, and that's right. Uh, of those yeah. breeds were generally probably for more protection, ultimately. Yes. So you've come. You've, as you say, that that's imprinted on you at a, at a very young age. That that's kind of your relationship with dogs. And then you think hmm. about where 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 you are now geographically. You're in Henley on Thames. You know, where we are completely and utterly mad about our dogs around here. You know, you've got like naughty mutt nice down in town that does like dog grooming and pampering you know you've got doggy daycares and dog walkers and you've got you know all sorts of groomers popping up all over the place and it's like a completely different experience so i can i can see how you weren't initially like absolutely mad on the idea because you just it wasn't it, to you you must have just thought about it like well i remember being a kid and we had dogs as guard dogs 
Yeah, a combination of that as well as a point in time in my life. I mean, as I said, I've got teenagers, 13 and 16 year old. And, you know, having two kids, we had a really probably what was called then a busy life as opposed to a full life, which I really prefer now. So I finished work. I was completely and utterly burnt out. I had hit the wall. Um, One of my best mates about six months after me finishing work, who is, you know, I would say is I could only describe as a dog whisperer style guy, um, perhaps recognised I really needed to chill out. And he was the one that sent me that blurb on what humans learn from dogs. So super powerful, super transformational at the time in terms of, wow, actually so many of those things which I was looking to fulfil, I ultimately guess, in my sort of life at that point in time that had just been lost, I could resonate with so many of them. Just the simplicity of stopping or not being grumpy when someone walks in the house or just that adoration and just, just chilling and not quite rolling in the grass, but, you know, sticking your head out the window and just being a little bit more carefree. And actually it taught me a lot about myself that I needed to just, yeah, just chill. And actually a lot of things of like learning to discover who I was and what made me tick. And yeah, I mean, yeah, bizarre, full circle, but amazing at the same time. So Coco has been transformational we could call her I guess a therapy dog ultimately which wasn't how it was meant to be but the whole process you know the two and a half years the half year before I got her real drastic transformation so which is probably again why I was like went through everything but one thing that I did which again I say to anyone getting a dog is you know again I I took a stance that you don't hear from many people and Coco is my dog Obviously, we have a family of four. We all love her to bits. She is probably at the highest pecking order of each one in the house. Um, But I had, and I still have, absolutely no expectation of anybody else in my family to do anything. There is not, you promised me you'd walk the dog. You promised me you'd pick up food. You know, you'd promise you'd do the poo, all of that kind of stuff. I take sole responsibility everyone does pull their weight don't get me wrong but I have no expectation which is a very often a common thing when people get dogs with I've got a dog for the kids for the family for someone else and then these elements of resentment can sometimes come in where people have not necessarily bought in or done all the roles that they had potentially promised to sway the ownership of the dog so you know, for me, it was a yeah, a very, I guess, ultimately a holistic journey that that's where it's like, she's my dog, obviously loves everyone else. But, you know, I open the door, we can walk in as a group. I can be at the back, she will ferret through everyone's legs to get to me to say hello first. That's a really, really nice actually hearing this because I didn't realise the, the kind of journey that you'd been on as a dog owner. And this is, it's, it's a, that's really, really quite a lovely thing to hear for somebody like me. You know, I love dogs and I spend all my time with them and they've done an enormous amount of good for me in my life. But to hear you say that you had completely burnt yourself out working, you had sort of hit the wall and, you know, because knowing you as I know you, um, you are come across as somebody who's so positive and has great energy and and that comes through in your instagram page and the way you talk and everything uh, to think that at some at one point 
you weren't feeling that way or, or you were feeling very burnt out. It's amazing what how cocoa has helped you. That's remarkable. Thank you. Yeah, it I, is. I love totally, that. I love totally that remarkable. story. I do. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. fantastic. And, and actually, it's so nice to hear you say how she's your dog and not in the way of like nobody else can hang out with her. Like you've been on this journey with her and, and she has helped you to, you know, get to a, a much sort of happier place in yourself. And therefore, you know, it's that constant sort of bond and repaying her. Like, I don't expect other people to do anything. You know, I want this to be our journey where I'm, I've got her back and I, I get everything for her and I look after her, you know, but similarly, she's, she's part of the household as well. I, I, I didn't realize this, Norelle. It's, it's actually such a nice thing to hear. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I occasionally touch on it. Um, I probably have not had that all-encompassing chat, which is probably how we started, where I said it's it's all grown on me in an amazingly positive way. But, you know, amaz- I mean, I am generally a person who gives a lot, and you probably have seen that with all my my tips and helpful hints that I put out for free on socials. Um, is that I love connecting with people. The energy that you get back and forth from people is phenomenal. The energy that my dog provides me, the, even just now the rituals of some of our walks that we do, the rituals of seeing the same people, the ritual of walking to our coffee shop, I call it a ritual because I really enjoy it. And it takes me not to a, a space of flow because that's not quite the right thing to say, but it definitely gets me into a a different frame of mind when I walk with her, hit the pavements, walk the same walk, see the same people, do the same thing, you know, and I think that's regardless of whether you live in a big town, a small town, just walk in the country. It's, um, yeah, just, yeah, just a really lovely connection, connection with nature, connection with people. Yeah, they, they do, they do that. They, they, they bring you into a lovely, lovely routine that you continuously do over and over and over again and you're getting good energy as you say you meet some of the same people you do some of the same things they 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 bring that to people's lives i think people underestimate the power of owning a dog so it's really great to hear you say that and i i, I love that bit actually um now how how was that with with that in mind i guess that must have helped you immeasurably during the covid lockdowns to have some level of routine with her to get out of the house when you could and things like that Oh, 100%. Now we went into COVID. Uh, my husband is rarely home, or obviously he is home, but was working in the city. So he'd be up and gone invariably 5.30 in the morning, back after eight at night, two kids at long day schools. And it was a massive change. But at the same time, we survived the year amazingly. The biggest thing, actually, because I spoke to my husband about this, and for him, obviously, my life changed. A lot of people were still here. I was slightly nervous of all the attention that Coco was going to have, knowing that I didn't want a dog that was going to have any form of separation anxiety. So, again, we would go out with some walks without her. We would do tag teams of walks because, again, like I said, she's walked very often that we were like, oh, no, how are we going to cope with just one-hour walks? So Tony would go for a walk. We'd do a tag team, almost like a relay. He'd walk past, come in. I'd go out, pick the dog up. You know, when we were in that first that. lockdown and you were like, do not leave the house more than once. Yes. And then, you know, <laughs> I would say generally I, I don't know. It's questionable whether I'm a conformist. But anyway, we can go on that another time. But 
we, you know, stuck to those rules. So for that, definitely for my husband was our semblance of normality that we could go out and go for a walk with yeah. the dog. So you had a sense of purpose immediately. And it's a real leveler. I think, again, the dogs just, again, just brings it all back down to having a little bit of a different purpose as well to walk with. But, um, yeah, so I would say that probably, yeah, the leveler, the normality, we, we would have got out to exercise anyway. I mean, as you probably remember, it was like a super highway where pretty much anyone lived locally and that petered off relatively fast. Um, but, yeah, I know she was great. And obviously you've got that, again, constant companionship, someone to calm you because they are very calming. I used to have that actually when I was working full time. I'd occasionally meet a girlfriend for coffee and she'd bring her little poosh on and she would know that I'm stressed and she'd just plonk this little ball of fluff in my lap. And within five minutes of stroking this dog, I was like, ah, and back in the room and breathe and forget about all the stress that was going on in life. Yeah. Uh, they can do so much good for your health. Just hanging out with dogs, honestly. You know, it's, it's like you say, you go and meet up with somebody, they bring a dog along, you stroke them for five minutes and it's just all that stress has left the room. It's it's incredible. And I, I said it on um, one of the one of the podcasts we did. Uh, I think you probably, you may have heard it, the one with, um, the one with uh, Sally Beaton. Um, yeah. And uh, I was just saying that it's, there's no, it's absolutely no surprise that we've had this relationship with dogs for so many so many years you know throughout history because they bring so much joy to our lives and i think even if you even if you did have a dog that was a guard dog you know that and there's still a connection there you know um like you say when you were younger living in papua new guinea having a dog that was more for the purposes of being a dog like live out in the garden and is a guard dog there's still some connection between human and dog there and it's just it's been going on for so long i just think we're now probably at the uh the pinnacle of it aren't we <laughs> Oh, there is so much growth in the dog world, that's for sure. It's hilarious. But uh, Sally is an absolute gem. I actually met her via her chow chow, obviously. Did you? Walking okay. with Coco. Yeah, walking with Coco. And Coco can be submissive often, actually. She'll meet dogs and just roll straight onto her back, which is um, not learning any traits from me. Um, so, yeah, so amazing. But, yeah, that's how I got to first meet Sally, actually. Yeah, the amount of people that you meet through the dog world is amazing. Mm -hmm. Socializing wise, it's not just for your dog's sake, is it? It's it's for your sake as well. You know, uh, it's my, that was always kind of my you know my mum growing up. You know, it, she would always be doing things with with dogs. I think she was almost like a little bit ahead of her time um, because you know when I was when I was a kid, it's, you know, going back kind of like twenty plus years, and there were still people around that you know in this country that. Where, where the dog would sleep outside, you know, like in a kennels, you know, like a heated kennel. And then, mm. but my mum, my mum was already like well on board with the modern dog ownership thing. She had three dogs at one point and she would go out every day for a dog walk with people. And that would be like the, that would be sort of her, her form of, her form of socializing really. Um, you know, she would go out with people and, and, and walk dogs and, and it was always like, I'm going for a dog walk with X, I'm going for a dog walk with this person. And dogs were a huge part of our life, you know? So I think, in some ways we were kind of a little bit ahead of the curve and I, maybe that's what kicked me into doing what I do for a living. I don't know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, mm. uh, they're lovely. They're lovely creatures. It, um, it could be. And the whole socializing just on that aspect, I think that it's just to touch on socializing of the dogs with each other, with other dogs on lead and off lead, as well as socializing with people, which I think is really important. Just touching back on that, being aware of the other people 
because I think once people own dogs, they sometimes forget that people don't like dogs. Yes. And so we'll let their dogs, like we touched on earlier, let their dogs bound up to them or wag a tail or not necessarily be so mindful of people that just shirk away for whatever fears, history that we don't know. So it's a, you know, it's a tread softly. And another thing, obviously, because I walk Coco a lot in town and on pavement, she does spend a lot of time off lead as well, you know, foraging around. Um, the on lead yeah. part is just to just to let dogs say hello and to not be scared. And you can see the fear between people sometimes, especially when they're puppies and they don't know and they've not had that puppy socialization or whether they've just not had training or, you know, again, different circumstance. But that tautness that people have on leads, I always find so fascinating. And these dogs are straining to get each other and they're just like just to say hello and just to sniff and are rarely, not always allowed to do it. And you're like, oh, just let them sniff and say hello. It's so good for them. I know socializing is so important. It's so so important for dogs. They they just mm. want to be amongst other dogs. Um, I, I you know to to your point, obviously there's situations where people don't want you to meet their dog because their dog might be reactive. Um, but I think that for the most part, it's letting them meet and sniff and and just interact where you maybe have a little bit of a chat with the person or whatever. It's 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 so important, and people haven't been able to do that you know, during the mm. pandemic, they haven't been able to because people are not stopping and chatting just due to the fact that it's, you know, obviously there's there's risk there with, with COVID. Um, but I hope, Absolutely. That that, I hope that becomes more of a thing now, you know, and people start to realise how important it is to get their dogs out there and get them interacting because there's going to be a whole generation of lockdown puppies, if you will, mm-hmm. um, who are going to be definitely struggling. Um, but I don't know, it feels a lot more normal out there now. And I do see people out walking, you know, and, and a lot more willing to chat and let their dogs have a bit of a run around, you know, particularly when I went out with our dogs, you know, it's, it does seem a lot more normal now. So, but very, very important point and something that I think everyone could take from this is socializing mm. is, is, is massive. So I'm glad you mentioned that. It's nice to 100%. talk to somebody who, it's nice to talk to somebody who's like a new, a completely new dog parent. And because I speak, you know, <laughs> I spoke, I've spoken to people who are like, they didn't get a dog for ages because their circumstances didn't allow it or, like they didn't, they sort of didn't really think about it. But for you as somebody who just like, you'd, you'd obviously had an upbringing with dogs where it was a lot more kind of, this is a dog at an arm's length. Then you say, obviously you were, you were bitten once as well, which is, which is horrible to hear. And all in all, you're just thinking to yourself, why would I get a dog? Right. And then to com- do a complete, like you said, a complete 180 to come right back on yourself and be like, now it's the best part of my life, basically. Well, obviously your kids and your, your husband. <laughs> I don't want to take away from that. But but the way you talk about her is um is lovely. And um it's been really it's been a really nice, a really nice chat actually to speak to you about this and find this out because like I said, I didn't know all of that. So thank you for sharing your your story with us, actually, Narelle. No, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And like I said, I mean, she has brought some amazing things to our family. We've all connected over the dog which is a really nice common thing to have in you know when this world is very full and busy and we can be preoccupied and just sometimes forget how to slow down yeah and for all their energy and for all their enthusiasm and their adventurous spirit at the end of the day when you just want to chill out and kick back the dog will just match that energy more often than not and there's nothing nicer than sitting down to watch a bit of tv or just sitting on the couch and you've got your dog there they're snoozing away. They're peaceful. That's wonderful. Wonderful animals. 
Amazingly oh. intuitive, aren't they? No, I was going to say that oh. part of they are intuitive if they know that you're poorly or if someone is unwell, they just go slow. They do. They absolutely do. Well, look, thank you so much for talking to me this evening, Narelle. I, 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 this has been lovely and you've given me so much and so much that I think that people would definitely be interested in and want to hear about. And, and there's, as I say, there's so many people out there looking to get Cavapoos and you certainly sell it well. The only thing being, get yourself a spreadsheet and make sure you know your costs. But I think that's the same with any dog, actually. I think you've always got to be aware of what you're getting yourself into. But all in all, just wonderful dogs. Coco's a lovely dog. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. It was brilliant. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us again and listening to the latest episode of our podcast. What a great chat with Narelle. So interesting. Really enjoyed that and hope you guys enjoyed listening as well. Any feedback, feel free to pop us an email, dogsofhenley at gmail.com. Stay tuned. We've got a few more interviews coming your way as part of this first season. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much and goodbye. Goodbye.